0: This is the one with a skeleton man
1: And a girl in a nightie A beardy weirdy
0: Ice cream pain Sweet Papa Crimbo A remote looking Rudolph A marginal for the naughty list 1993 And it's been 62
2: years This time it's really the last Christmas
0: Here Here we we go go. (laughs) (laughs) How are we still not on sync? That sounded much better to me to be fair (laughs) Whistle on our epic phrase. All through time and all through space. Whistle, being and
2: angels now.
1: Dalek Cyber Zood and wow! Counting Sonic's rating air. From the poor to the sublime.
2: Echoes and Ticker. Let's agree, it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on mm-hmm. you, who there is.
1: Who back when?
2: Subscribe and rate mm-hmm. on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this to see what other choice could there be but who back, back when? when? Who back when? Bing Bong, future Leon here with, yes, yet another, presumably the last, apologetic intro. I'll make this brief, but I really have to stress that this episode was cursed. Cursed! We tried a different remote podcasting platform this time. We used to just do it on Skype before, now we tried something fancier. And it did not work out well. We met on two separate occasions to record this review, and the first one had such latency we had to scrap the idea entirely before it even really started. And the second time around, which is the one that you're about to listen to, Once we actually downloaded the audio from the platform to edit it, well, you'll hear for yourselves. It's not ideal, far from it. My voice seems to be the most affected, fortunately, (laughs) so I've cut as much of myself as I could. Really, really sorry, everybody. We're recording another episode today. It's our City of Death review, and henceforth, we're just going to go back to recording on Skype, because that worked splendidly before. Anyway, again, really sorry for the poor audio quality today. Uh, I hope that you'll be able to see, or indeed hear past it, uh, it's still a super interesting discussion. I feel, and I-, I haven't really kept this intro short either, so sorry about that as well. Okay, on with the show. Bing bong,
0: ladies and gentlemen of podcast land, welcome to another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast
2: or Dog Past.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Willkommen, Herren und Damen. <laughs>
0: This week we will be reviewing Last Christmas for the last time Because we've already (laughs) done it once before Well, not me One and a half
2: times Yeah. 1.2 times
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. once in 2014 Abortively last week And this is it This is the line in the sand
2: (laughs) It's the last time ever (laughs) If this doesn't work Refuse to tackle this episode ever again
0: (laughs) You're not getting another one
1: (laughs) Apparently it's never your last last Christmas (laughs) Are you guys?
0: Oh, yeah, who is so? Uh, who is everybody? Chap over here with this martini glass in his hand. What's your name?
2: Oh, hello, that would be me. I'm Leon. Hello, hi,
0: Leon. And a uh, chap to the left of him <laughs> on my screen, at least, with a bottle of cider in his hand.
2: Hi, sir. through back
1: then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent branding.
1: <laughs> and, Dankeschön.
0: And, and, and you? Me. I was just getting to that. That's Marie. Okay. <laughs>
2: Well, hello, Marie. That's everyone. <laughs> so we have reviewed this episode once before.
0: Well, you have.
2: Properly, yes. Who back when has reviewed this episode once before in... Uh, Drew, you probably know the number. B-0-something.
1: <laughs> I, I love your faith in me. Um, <laughs> it's in the 20s, I
2: think. Rad. Could be wrong. Yeah, we reviewed this... Uh, Flapjack and I reviewed this back when it was actually... Like, when it had just aired on TV... Mm. <laughs> oh, I looked it up. It's B012. Ooh. B012. Whoa. When the bonus uh, track was still in its infancy. <laughs> this episode will maybe. I mean, I'm sure we'll touch upon some of the points that we discussed in that first review as well, but. You know what, frankly, it's been like two weeks since I listened back to that, that first review. I don't really remember everything we talked about. Um, so, yeah, anyway, maybe go and listen to that review as well. For the complete Who Back When Last Christmas experience, listen to both of these.
1: Yeah, if you want to hear an hour and a half of Flaphammer making dick
2: jokes, you know where to and go. And me, I made some dick jokes.
1: Yeah, but not with the same <laughs> panache and skill. Oh, I feel like he was the king of the dick jokes.
2: This is how I find out. Great. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yes. So, w- well, with that in mind, before we jump into a B-scow, high level, did you like this? Yay or nay? Go on, Marie, you go first.
0: Yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. I have to say, I rewatched it again just before I knew we were going to record today because obviously we tried this last week and that was a while ago now. And I don't think it quite stood up to I think if we'd have reviewed it last week, I would have given it a higher rating than this week. Okay. But still, it's a really fun Christmas episode. I do enjoy it. It is, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Drew? i thought it had some rewatch value i watched most of it again although not all of it i want to like it more but can't quite bring myself to because it's (laughs) <laughs> not Father christmas in it he's not even called Father <laughs> christmas he's called santa claus but i may moan about that again later um but it's so unchristmassy in mood and tone for large parts of it i just can't quite mesh all these things in my head
2: i think that's a fantastic point to discuss so let's definitely put a pin in the mood and maybe revisit it at some point post Biscow.
1: oh is that what we're doing now <laughs> let's <laughs> <laughs> segue by stealth
0: nice <laughs>
2: Time for us to synopsize, labify and summarize. So take a view, and grab a breath, and listen to this overview. This free-for-all, we like to cook a bicycle chunk of food. By the of who?
0: Ho, ho, holy moly! It's Christmas Eve, and as though in a dream, Clara wanders onto her ample roof terrace to find Santa Claus and his two elven compadres, Ian and Wolf, attempting to rein in their flying deer. It's a Christmas miracle, or is it? The doctor soon arrives and demands to differ.
1: Doc spirits Clara away to the relative safety of a scientific research base near the North Pole, only to discover that it's crawling with alien face huggers whose modus operandi includes inducing a euphoric dream state in their unsuspecting victims while they feast on their brain matter
2: occupying the base are a chav a sexy senior citizen an account manager and a dirty old man and four empty-headed crew members in the infirmary but don't get anyone started on what they're doing there because it's a long story are they really there does santa really exist do any of us <laughs> so go over. Are you
1: are welcome. Aren't you just? <laughs> there is one one upside to having failed to record this last week and us actually going through with it this week.
2: Oh yeah, what's that? We
1: get to have Christmas in July.
0: Hey, <laughs> you know thing? what
1: that is, right?
0: Yeah.
1: It's an American thing. It's horrible. It, I hate it.
0: Isn't
2: it something to do with discounts at large stores or something? Yes. Yes. I, right, mean, I was.
1: Yeah. I was in a. I was in a, I think they turned up the air conditioning to make it feel festive in this <laughs> in this giant <laughs> outlet in July, and there were people walking around in in Santa costumes. While it, really? was, while it was blazing sunshine, like 40 degrees outside, like too hot to walk across the car park, and you're inside and there's tinsel everywhere. and It's, it's just the most bizarre thing. That's all I want to say about Christmas in July. Stop it. Stop it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds horrendous. <laughs> So where do you guys want to start? What do you want to talk about? Well, last week you, when we tried to record this, you said that you had questions for me and Drew. Do you remember what those were?
2: I barely remember my face. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay. Okay. I have a
1: question. Imagine you're a dream crab and you need to keep someone dreaming until you've thoroughly drained their brain and you have to construct a dream world. Would you put a representation of yourself in the dream world as the obvious point of vulnerability for your victims to fight against?
2: That's a really good question. Who is it that controls what shows up in the dream?
0: Well, I I think that the um the person who's dreaming kind of dictates the dream because when um so we see Clara before she gets dream crabbed and she's hiding under the table and she's doing a mathematical sums and she's trying to distract herself and then suddenly Danny flashes into her head and all she can think of is Danny and then the dream crab comes and gets her and then her dream is Danny so it feels like the dream crab is kind of using its psychic link to find whatever you're focusing on and make that so but maybe potentially people saw the crabs when they were awake
2: right so like Shona yeah. noticed that there was she a crab lunging for her.
0: Attacked her and therefore it's made her way into the dream But I actually thought it was quite clever to be when it was like a dream within a dream because you going towards the dream crabs to to try and take them off is kind of like that's you trying to wake up. And so then the defense mechanism kicks in. So it's like you don't want to go near them because you think they'll attack you. So you leave them be completely unwittingly leaving yourself be. And you you don't realize that it's yourself there that's being drained. So it's quite savvy. It's only when the doctor comes in and Hmm. puts it all together at the last second that they then realize Hmm.
1: okay i just feel like dream crabs they surely talk to each other right and they know what's going on in each other's lives they seem to be very sociable creatures (laughs) and it just it just seems like at this point, they would have learned that no, this gambit doesn't work very often or very well. Or maybe maybe it is just the doctor. Maybe he's the first guy to ever figure it out with the help of Father Christmas. Well,
0: because he was going to walk away. Like they were completely fooled by it. And it was only at the last second. I don't even know how he worked it out because re watching it, I thought Clara said something that then made him realize, but they actually weren't connected. What she said wasn't connected to what he said.
2: Of all the things that were discussed in the first Who Back When take on this episode, the one thing that I 100% agree with and which partly answers this question is that they in no way look like dream crabs. Yeah. If the way that they look in the dream is just a consequence of the dream and they then wake up, quote unquote, at the end and we get to see that they still look exactly the same, then I reckon, in answer to the question, would they fill that dream with dream crabs? Yeah, why not? Because they don't look like dream crabs.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough.
0: So that means you've answered your own question that you spent a long time pondering in the last episode as to whether when we see Clara and the Doctor wake up for the last time, are they actually awake? Because they do see a dream crab. He takes a dream (laughs) crab off Clara's face.
2: Yeah, so there's a dream crab and also there's the whole the the Inception spinner of the tangerine on the windowsill. But I, I think there's something which Flapjack mentioned in the first part, which was basically, listen, this is a Christmas episode, so just relax, Mm. you know? I think that's the thing that splits the, the, whatever the correct answer to this question is, it splits that answer in twine because on the one hand, you have reason and logic. And if this episode were to have played at any other time of the year, then everyone in this episode is dead, including the doctor. And there's no way those dream crabs look like dream crabs. And the reason they look like dream crabs in the dream is because like Shona dreamt it or maybe the dirty old man he knew about. The movie Alien. Yeah, but uh, <laughs>
0: well, the doctor's theory is that it, it was his dream first, and that he then that they found Clara in his subconscious, and then went to get Clara, and then the other four are just collateral damage. I think he basically described them as. So he definitely thinks that it's his, and he might pers- possibly have seen a dream crab before. So maybe they do actually look like what they look like. Because if 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 he hasn't seen one in person, he might have seen a drawing of one or a photo or something. But he may
2: also just have dreamt that he have se- that he's seen one. What?
0: What? What? what do you well, mean? you know, like when you have a.
2: Have you never had a dream where you were able to speak a foreign language? Like I, I've definitely had dreams where it's like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh wow, that's amazing! I spoke Chinese fluently, <laughs> but no, absolutely not. I was just like making noises, but in my dream state, it was perfect Chinese. It made grammatical sense. Oh,
1: wow. You are so confident in your dreams.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think I've ever had that. I'm now just picturing you lying in bed, tossing and turning, like muttering Chinese sounding syllables. Actually,
2: you know what? I don't think I've ever dreamt that I've spoken Chinese, but I've definitely dreamt that I've spoken Dutch and Portuguese. Mm.
0: <laughs> Mine would be I would be um giving a lecture somehow in Chinese to a room full of Chinese people and I would be stood there not knowing what to say and having to make Yeah, about. you know what
2: that's that's definitely another thing. I've <laughs> absolutely had dreams where I've spoken on subjects that I in the dream was an expert on <laughs> but that in real life I know nothing You're about. So like I, I've competent
0: been... in the dream world <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wish I could just inception myself, you yeah. know, wouldn't that be great? I'd <laughs> have a blast. It definitely but is actually, a fantasy was- that we would ever talk
1: about something that we know very little about for an hour <laughs> to two hours at a time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but okay, so Drew, you mentioned the crabs being very sociable creatures and I mean, we are kind of touching upon whose dream is it or who has brought the the alien facehuggers into this dream. Yeah. Why is it that only these people are communicating with one another? And why is it that when the Doctor face hugs himself he goes into clara's dream
1: because yeah, because, well, because crap face crap dreams work like a whatsapp group it's not it's not like house party where you can just wander into anyone's chat that's going on you, you have to be invited you have to know the people in there already
2: but but they don't know shona and dirty old man and sexy lady is
1: basically jodie whittaker <laughs> old man is patrick Trouton's son i mean of course there are links <gasps>
2: Wait, 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 wait. Is that Patrick Troughton's son? Is that the same guy that we met in uh, Midnight?
1: Different Troughton.
2: Oh, really? This one Different is son. Michael Troughton. Really? Yes. Uh, no, no, I no, very. I'm not making shit up. I'm very happy. <laughs>
0: Oh, you i've because, moved on
1: because the son of patrick Troughton was given the smallest role in this episode as a dirty old knee grabber
0: i say he was a little bit creepy in this episode and then oh he
2: was he was totally gross
0: yeah when he was like scoffing down this chicken that was really gross where did the chicken come from
2: turkey but yeah oh
0: is it a turkey? Oh, uh, christmas. Uh, christmas turkey oh because mm. it's christmas it's just like you're on a, in the middle of a like life-threatening you know you're on a space station wherever you are i don't know where they are. Where the North North Pole? Where did he get a fully cooked turkey from? And why is he the only one eating it? That was my first clue. Because
1: he was hungry in the night, but he can't um, get to the fridge like he usually does.
0: Oh dear. <laughs> He's
1: probably wet the bed by now at his age. Oh, poor guy. But just to stick with Michael Troughton for a second, that was a really weird thing. I mean, this whole episode is a really weird Christmas episode, but to have his character and the way Shona talks about his character with with all the hairs up his nose, really, really unpleasant. In a time family Christmas episode is the weirdest thing. Mm.
2: I'm fine with it. I think I love this episode. <laughs> 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 it makes no sense. It's really dumb at times and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a point at the end where I nearly cried.
0: Oh fit
2: when <laughs> i'll get john straight to the end when they're in santa's sleigh and oh, clara's like i've always believed in santa but he looks a little different and then he she hugs him and i was like oh, no oh, oh, this is why i love dr who oh,
1: <laughs> i was just annoyed that they were basically repeating what they said at the beginning like once or twice or three times Far- yeah. father christmas comes in and says you stop believing in me when you turn nine no and clara says yeah i don't believe in a in figure like you anymore and he goes don't you yeah and and then the doctor <laughs> a minute later says do you believe in santa claus and she's like well kind of wink and then it took <laughs> you by surprise
2: at the end of the episode yeah to quote the great george lucas it's like poetry it rhymes <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the bit the saddest bit about that was just the fact that she didn't want to go home. Like the, the it was really dark, actually, the storyline with Clara because consistently she chooses, she'd rather choose to stay in the dream, knowing that it's gonna kill her, than go back to her life, which is really, really sad.
2: Yeah, it really is.
0: Yeah, but like her life without Danny, basically.
2: You know what? I like fake Danny Pink a lot more than the real McCoy. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> well, this is this is Clara's fantasy of Danny
1: Pink, and I get that a fantasy. It isn't gonna be like the reality, but it does also betray perhaps a level of ignorance of Danny Pink's True nature,
0: but then I do think that we only ever see Danny. Generally speaking, we don't have very many scenes with just Clara. We do see Danny. Generally generally speaking, (laughs) he was generally speaking last time. But but he's he's we always see him with the doctor and Clara, and the doctor gets his back up, and so he turns into this like macho soldier type, and he's like, oh yes, yes, sir and there are very few scenes that are actually just Clara and Danny like on their own as a couple so it's like it's just like we're seeing them on a normal like christmas day how they would be together and it's an idealized christmas day so they're not you know not rowing over who's going to do the washing up
2: in addition to Danny Pink, guess what? I like Shona better this time too.
0: Yeah, Do you know that was my biggest issue with your review last time was how mean you were to Shona. it was Shona. like i know. <laughs> How rude! <laughs>
2: I know. I, I would like to apologize to everyone in the world for, for my past self's behavior.
1: <laughs> I, I think the, you should the... apologize to Faye Marseille more than anyone. <laughs> yeah.
2: is, is that the name of the actress playing Shona? It is indeed. Mm. Right. Faye, I'm very sorry. I was young. I, I, I didn't know any better, but...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wasn't that long ago, Leon. <laughs> Oi! Still young. Still
2: young. There was a lot okay. of peer pressure. He was trying to live up to flapjack's
1: stratospheric level of dick jokes
0: <laughs> <laughs> So wait, I you... my dick jokes were fine
2: <laughs> you go Marie you go
0: should I tell you my trivia that I came across about Shona
2: oh yes please so mm.
0: when they wrote this episode Jenna Coleman hadn't decided yet whether she was going to do another series or not so they kind of had to write it with like either ending in mind and so apparently they wrote the character of Shona to be her replacement so she would have been the next companion had Clara decided to leave which I think is really cool like I think she would have been a great companion and she d- she I agree she definitely um, has a vibe of Jodie Whittaker about her
2: wait sorry does she really aside from the the pronunciation aside from the you know the accent, the accent the blonde blonde the
0: blonde bob,
2: I don't know like yeah but those are all superficial things uh, but Be- behaviorally I don't find them particularly similar yeah
1: I-, I think that Capaldi and Shona together would have been insufferable. Do you
0: think? I think
1: really. Capaldi would have been the art skeptic as he is and that's fine. But Shona all she does throughout this episode is just give father christmas lip like oh and how does this work and how does that work and to have those two being the double act throughout the series i'd have just got really weary of it
2: mm. really do you know what okay yeah, sorry marie this may not make as much sense to you but as an, a reference to the audiobooks shauna really rem- reminds me of lucy miller really? And I think, yeah, I, I I think if Capaldi and I was about to say Lucy Miller, if Capaldi and, and Shona were to travel around, it would be very similar to Paul McGann and and Lucy Miller, because you have someone like Shona has. She's got tons of agency. She's got so much just action in her. She wants to just jump in there and disprove Santa. Like she's fun, and she also has an exorbitant lack of education. She is so incredibly uninformed. <laughs> Okay. But I think it would be fun. That's
1: interesting, because she seems to have such an inquiring mind. My, my yeah. issue with Capaldi and Shona together would be Capaldi is trying to train up a companion to be exactly as forensic as Shona is. So he couldn't teach her anything in one sense. He could show her a whole universe full of stuff that she's never seen before, but she'd have the exact attitude towards it that he would want her to have.
2: So there would be something else for him to teach her, which I think would be exciting. Mm. Instead of having him teach his companion, possibly not the same thing, but a similar thing to what he's taught prior companions, this time he would have to rein her in, almost, and go like, no, listen, let me teach you about the dangers of the universe, about maybe certain risks that that are are out there, and and having to, yeah, just sort of restrain yourself and your curiosity and try to do things in a slightly more surreptitious, sophisticated way. Because she is not sophisticated in any way, but she is inquisitive. And maybe he could then guide her into a slightly more, not debonair, but a slightly more sophisticated way of conducting her investigations.
1: Oh, I see. He's going to Pygmalion her
2: ass. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Unfortunately, that would probably be the way that it would be iterated. Yes, like she, it, at the end of it, she would suddenly be well mannered. Okay. <laughs> but in general, I think she would just be slightly less reckless, and she would know. Oh, she would obviously know more about. She would know what a Dalek is, and what men are, and what all the various aliens and intelligences out in the world are. She'd meet the Masters. She'd meet the Great Intelligence. Yada yada yada. It'd be great. That is a hell of but, a series, by the way. <laughs> that would be an amazing series. Yes, and it's. Shona and she's being a total chav about it. This was not the first time that we have a chav companion. Mm. Well, I mean, we no you don't need to tell anyone host. that. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. So 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 yeah, I think she would be great. Marie, uh same page club.
0: Oh yeah, I think she would be fantastic. Yeah. I think she'd be really interesting cuz she's so different from what we've just had as well with Clara. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah, everything you've just outlined. It yeah. The, do you know what though? As not watching it I didn't get this but as you're describing her i kind of got a bit of a donna vibe about her like she was the one Ugh. she was one who was going in and poking her nose where it wasn't needed and and
1: was it when leon said the words supremely unsophisticated extravagant <laughs> probably yes
0: um, but she but in this episode she annoyed me a million times less than donna noble annoyed me so i like <laughs> I, i'd like to see those characteristics in a in a companion that doesn't make me want to like throw things at the telly
2: <laughs> yeah i mean dare to dream you know
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's... here's an interesting thing
2: <laughs> okay
1: in the first review you were like why is there thrones marathon on her list
2: yes oh, oh yeah. my goodness do you have an answer to, for this well i thought
1: i did but now it's complicated i mean she went on to appear in two series of game of thrones from the very what? next year oh, wow. in 20 from 2015 as the waif <laughs> Ooh. but it's complicated because if oh, she Oh
2: yes, that, oh my goodness, that is her.
1: Yeah, but if she had been due to be the companion in the next series of Doctor Who, she would not have had that role. Mm. So it's weird that that's on the list.
0: But pro- but I think by the time they were filming it, they would have known like they obviously filmed the ending to be Yeah, that's true. Capaldi and Clara in the next uh, next series.
1: Oh, okay. So that's exactly um, why they bunged it on the list. So,
0: yeah, so yeah. Added it in as a little nod to
2: her. Uh, it, oh my goodness. All right. It's been years. I finally get closure <laughs> on this point. <laughs> hmm. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. And just to cover a couple of her other roles, I also remember her as Candice in Fresh Meat and Katie from My Mad Fat Diary. Characters that stick around for a few lines per episode precipitate a plot point, maybe tries to seduce one of the leads and then moves on to a better TV show.
2: <laughs> Something I noticed this time around that I had not noticed the First, I think, I, I, I mean, basing this solely on that first review, is that Shona has a lot of lines that are just there as a possibly moffity way of saying, you know what? You see what I'm saying? Because Shona has the following lines, which you may not necessarily pick up the first time you watch it Am I dreaming? Mm. This is mental. This is totally not happening. You're asking Santa, he doesn't exist.
0: I see I think this is a this is a thing that I quite liked about Shona is that she's she's very sort of blunt and straight talking and you, you don't you know she doesn't come across as that well educated or intelligent or whatever but she's very astute and to the point and so she's the first person in the whole episode to say am i dreaming because i think yeah. in the tardis clara heads clara and the doctor both make a comment earlier on about is this real but none of them connect it with dreams and she's the first one who says this is a dream and she's also the first one to say like the doctor says has anyone else got a pain in their head after they wake up from their dream within a dream within a dream uh, it says, yeah. as well, so it's as "Who else has got this ice cream pain in their head and she's the first one to put a hand up and go yes like i've been feeling it this whole time and everyone else is kind of in denial and it just feels like she's really in touch with like i don't know something she asks the right questions and she's not afraid to say something that might sound stupid but she because she yeah i agree no, um,
2: and it also feels like her subconscious is constantly like throughout this episode it, her subconscious is trying to tell everyone yeah. you guys are idiots i'm the one who knows exactly what's going on yeah
1: <laughs> i've been in hundreds of blackouts right.
2: <laughs> I know exactly
1: where I am and how far from lucidity, how many layers from reality
2: I am right now. Yeah, exactly. I, the way that I feel right now and looking at my arm and not seeing a single track mark, clearly an alien is on my face.
0: <laughs>
2: oh. Here we go. I'm going to reboot the show now. <laughs> cracky, here I come. No. <laughs> Christmas Cracky! Oh... oh, oh dirty old man he he dies yeah. dirty old but, man but dirty old 60 man sexy lady account manager and oh sorry yeah oh and Shona I guess are they still being incepted at the end
0: I always took it to be that because I think the first time Clara comes out of the dream and the face hugger comes off and just disintegrates it looks we- like I've struggled to imagine an alien that just dissolves into ashes when it stops feeding like that just seems ridiculous and so I fully expect expected the the next time that they woke up for real, that it would do something different. And it doesn't every time it does the same thing. And so I don't think I was ever convinced that anyone came out of a dream properly this time.
2: I have another thing, which I don't think that we addressed in the previous review. Everyone morphs out of Santa's sleigh, mm. right? Everyone leaves Santa's sleigh. And at that point, we will never, ever see uh, Sexy Lady, Shona and Account Manager. Ashley. Ashley, thank you. And... Bellows.
1: Bellows is the name of the sexy lady, bizarrely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then Clara and Doc also morph out, but we learn very shortly thereafter that in fact they are still in the dream. Yeah still like one layer in because Clara is old at that point mm. right wouldn't that mean that everyone else is also one dream in
1: no no because this is what you and Flappy were arguing about for an hour <laughs> oh, I <time>. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the doc is a good episode when the doc and Clara are two layers in everyone else is one layer in so they wake up all oh, right and the doc and Clara have one extra to go
0: but I don't what think makes don't, you believe that why do you believe yeah, that I don't think that there's any evidence to say that I think they just they well, there's wake no up. evidence either the
1: way so we can either yeah. argue for another hour or just say Pff, <laughs> whatever
0: I, so well, the think-
2: only reason you believe that is because it's christmas and you wanted to exactly. have a happy ending
0: i think so they wake christmas up, is july i think they wake up and they because they were convinced that they were awake and this was real when they were in the space place no North Pole. Uh, and, it was, and it was, sorry, it looks like a spaceship. I keep thinking they're in outer space. And the only thing that convinced them was the Doctor. And even that wasn't enough. They had to see evidence. They had to read the book and prove that they were in a dream. So the next time they wake up, they're on their own. They don't have the support system anymore. Of course they believe that they're awake. So I think every one of them woke up into a life that was or was not similar to their own and assumed that that was it. And they probably just died.
2: I think also, yes, I agree, uh, but jillion percent with what you just said but in addition to that I also believe that because Shona is the one who's controlling all of this like everyone is in Shona's dream right that means that by default Shona must be the deepest dream wise and even if she is not even if she has just started one dream that means that Doc and Clara if we are going with your theory Drew that actually they are one dream layer deeper than everyone else that means that Doc and Clara were already in a Dream at the end of the last episode, which ended on the post-credit sequence with Santa coming in. Yeah. Meaning the last episode also did not happen. Oh, the
1: last episode of Santa's appearance makes no sense. Yeah. None at all. It, it doesn't even have any continuity with the beginning of this episode. And I get that there. Well, I mean.
2: If it, oh, wait, that's a very good point. If, if
1: it is supposed to be continuous, then there would have had to be a dream state slip. In fact, you know what it is? Father Christmas is real. So. The real Father Christmas appeared to the doctor at the end of the last episode. And so at the beginning of this episode, they are one dream layer in. That is Dream State Santa. Doesn't even have the proper name. And they just go from there.
0: Right. Okay. Drew, what do you have against the name Santa Claus?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... it's not Father Christmas, is it? It's, it's just Doctor Who for the American audience. It's like, argh. Wait, American.
0: is Santa Claus an American thing? No, it's like St. Nicholas.
1: Well, it's like Sinterklaas. It's, it's like the Dutch, but... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I okay. just grew up with Father Christmas, and Santa oh. Claus was the American version that whole time, and now you know, it's ubiquitous, <laughs> and I'm
2: sad.
0: You're really hitting on America won. this episode, Drew.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> China, That's all right. Come idea. hear me. It's not like we have listeners there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's not like you have a wife from a.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like I've got one American wife. So <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, w- I would prefer to leave that sort of irresolvable discussion behind, because there's no way we can definitively say one or the other. The episode yeah. points you in two possible different directions. and That is true. you can't prove it either way.
0: The thing that I did think about, when they all woke up, with the exception of the account manager, everybody wakes up into quite a depressing reality. So Shona's obviously, like, waking up in a crack den. Sorry to say it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she's obviously had yes, a... She's come to the dark side. Marie, <laughs> she's had a falling out with potentially a boyfriend or something like you know she's on her own on christmas day it's not very nice dave dave yeah oh dave The sexy lady wakes up and realizes she's in a wheelchair. Clara wakes up and is without the love of her life. Lovely Danny. And yeah, and I did wonder whether there was something about the dream crabs that kind of targets people that kind of want to escape something and therefore they're more inclined to believe a dream. You give them a dream world in which you can be more successful or have the things that you don't have in real life and they're more willing to get swept along with it.
1: So how sad does that make the Doctor? How regretful. After his many lives. As
0: I was going to say the doctor has just found out that he, he thought he was gonna find Gallifrey and he's found out that it's got like it's not there. So he he's yeah. found and he's lost his favourite companion, the best companion he's ever had in my opinion. Yeah, so he's he, been there his
1: entire life really, He's
0: really low. really low. That's a good point, Marie. Thanks. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the only one that doesn't fit is the is the perfume account manager, because she wakes up in quite a lavish bedroom. But then money doesn't buy happiness, so maybe yeah. Story there we don't know about
1: her life is just cosmetically superficially good
0: maybe she really wanted to be a scientist and she's always a bit disappointed that she only ever made it to perfume yeah
1: she asked for a real microscope and got a toy one and ended up going into the makeup counter
0: yeah what
2: does dirty old man do again?
0: Well, we never find out because he doesn't. He dies before we get to see his real life.
2: Yeah, because there's a oh, little, right. there's a little set to
1: over a hashtag me too knee grab moment, and then he's just deemed not worthy of interrogation.
0: But yeah. yeah, I assume if he's a dirty old man in his dreams, then he's probably a dirty old man in real life as well, and therefore he's probably miserable, and that's why he got. He might be
1: the most upstanding citizen imaginable, but there's a part <laughs> of his subconscious that tempts him.
0: Oh. <laughs>
2: it's uh, his
0: dream yeah, tragedy maybe. oh bless
2: him how do you feel about his departure by the way
0: I like this idea that like it's a nightmare and therefore all logic goes out the window and something can just grab you from a TV screen that was quite cool made
1: me think of The Wire the,
2: Wire. Not, not
1: uh, the <laughs> TV show The Wire
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the episodes The Wire yeah, from The, the uh, Idiot's uh, Lantern. Yeah, yeah. Lantern yeah it made me think of just Poltergeist mm-hmm. but I don't really understand if the crabs are thinking you know what we said the rules. We do whatever we like in this dream. Why even have the TV sets? Why are they trying to exit through the TVs? Why are they pulling people in? Why not just reboot and matrix them? Because
0: I don't I don't think the crabs do set the reality. I think the brain of the individual sets the reality and they're just working within the frame that they've got.
2: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: So they don't just they can't just appear in a room, they have to like the crab that was in the next room had to fall off the table and break its enclosure and then come and find Clara. It's like it still has to make dream sense
2: does that mean that shona is the one who's making the crabs go through television sets
0: i don't think i don't think it has to be i don't i know you like this theory that it's all shona's dream but i don't think there's any i don't think it has to be shona's dream that they're all in a like mutual dream space like any one of them can manipulate it hmm
2: (laughs) hmm (laughs) hmm I think we are led to believe that this is Shona's dream. Sorry, I don't want to get back into this, Drew. I know that you don't want to talk about this, but I do think that we are led down that path by the by sheer virtue of her Christmas to-do
0: list. Yeah, but just because like, maybe she fell asleep first and created this world, but it doesn't mean that other people can't influence it. Now that That's they're also, all by in... the way, sorry. No... Oh, sorry go no, no, now that they're all in this like, shared dream space. So it's basically that it's like a lucid dream. Yeah, how you you're able to wake yourself up from it and things and you can change what's in the dream. And so if you imagine this thing coming towards you and you imagine it coming out of the screen, then maybe it can. So your like your deepest fears are sat, sat in there thinking what could go wrong. So I don't think Shona's controlling everything. I think everybody has their own
2: Everyone's feeding into it yeah, somehow. Exactly. Yeah. So why don't we see Danny in there?
0: Because that's the dream within a dream and that's like Clara's But wouldn't that be the
2: first element that Clara brings into any dream what do you mean Danny wouldn't it, whenever Clara's dreaming wouldn't the first thing that she brings into that dream be
0: Danny Pink?
1: no no it it's is, gonna isn't? be the doctor and well, that that is once again another betrayal of Danny
0: oh
2: I <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, fir- yeah. the
0: first time that she because she believes she's awake for the whole time so she wouldn't dream Danny Pink there because she thinks he's dead well he is dead so the, the first time when she gets like sucked in and, and is aware enough to know that it's a dream she does dream of Danny. But before that point, when she wakes up from the Danny dream, she thinks she's awake.
2: Okay, yeah. So uh, I'm with you. Yeah,
0: so she so she wouldn't put him there because she knows, like she doesn't, she's not consciously manipulating it because she thinks she's awake at that point. You can't just okay. bring Danny back.
2: Mm.
1: Can I say just one thing, which would be my Please last contribution to this debate. In summary, <laughs> after having just watched Series 8, we all saw it. We know that when Moffat takes on something this multi-layered and ambitious, given sufficient scrutiny it's going to fall apart just like the last three episodes we watched and in fact most of them yeah. so i i think trying to pin any rules down as concrete and say this is right and this is wrong in relation to those rules is just time filling
2: yeah i think you're right and on top of which there is the whole this is a christmas episode yeah. element of it, whereby yeah screw the rules
1: yeah although there is one inconsistency i would like to point out <laughs>
2: even please oh, though- <laughs>
1: do Doc at the beginning is so hostile and confrontational to, to Nick Frost on the roof. Mm. Oh, yeah. And he's, he says to him, I know what this is. I know what's happening. I know what's at stake, which would seem to imply he already knows this is part of the dream. And he just happens to think that Father Christmas is on the side of the villains. But then he gets back to that same level later on and, and forgets he just forgets and i think it's just moffat trying to have tension early on and then a surprise reveal late on mm. and you can't have both and have the doctor be clever and have it make sense but he's trying to have his cake and eat it too so i think that's also a factor
2: i don't think he knows that it's a dream i think he only knows that it's not santa
1: yeah oh, well because he's encountered so many robot santas over the years he can't possibly <laughs> take one <laughs> accept one as real basically yeah, like
0: he, next he, he doesn't last week in the TARDIS at the end of the last episode. Wait, that's true, yes! So there must have been... I I sort of assumed there was. they had an altercation that we are not privy to, and now he's worked out that he's a bad guy for some reason.
1: Uh, I, I'd like that to be true, but <laughs> I think it's just having his cake, eating it too. <laughs> but the,
0: thing, the thing that annoys me about that is that there's so much drama in the beginning about like the whole world could be at stake and like these dream crabs, you don't know how many they've infiltrated all of humanity. And then that just gets totally forgotten about at the end. It's like, well, me and Clara are awake now, so let's tootle on back and let's not worry about the rest of them.
2: Yeah. Some, some creature may be eating our brains right now, but who cares? It's entertaining. Which maybe is is
0: more of a clue that they are still in a dream because you don't care about the bigger things when you're in a dream. Oh, but Capaldi is
1: the grumpy old man 2.0. He... Just after a while, he loses interest and fucks off. I mean, that's that's the doctor's whole raison d'être. <laughs> yeah.
2: He is wonderfully grumpy in this episode. Yeah. Really wonderfully grumpy. I love how grumpy he is about just holding hands with people. Oh, I love that. Just, like, <laughs> just that little act of holding someone's He's just like, ugh, no, why, why?
0: Like, why? I, I don't to want to touch this. No one else.
2: And all these little... You know what? Actually, this episode has tons of really nice lines. Mm. You don't look much like a scientist. That's a bit rude, coming from a magician. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So just looking you through my notes. Actually, there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. I
0: really oh, like really all good. the I like all the Christmassy stuff with the elves in the beginning and they're like, What? You think your mum and dad just at, for, out of the goodness of their hearts just put presents <laughs> under the tree one day a year for no reason? Get like live in the real world. I thought that was brilliant. The elves are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> all the kids that are watching that at Christmas time, they're like, Oh my god, baby oh, really Santa Israel Like that's really, really nice. <laughs>
2: it's actually just basic physics <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the elves are great yeah. all of the comic relief surrounding santa claus and the elves i think is really good
1: yeah, me too <laughs> no no no
2: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all the phone calls that santa has in the background as well yeah. they're really good <laughs> I like-, like yes yes yes, i remembered turning on the aurora borealis yes yeah you do the west coast i'll do the east afterwards or whatever it is he says i
0: like when he's talking to um shona as well because she's trying really hard to ask all the right questions and be like look magic reindeer don't exist and he's like yeah well obviously that's why we feed them magic carrots and it's like what <laughs> what do you how do you respond to that i don't know what you do with that information <laughs> Oh, okay.
2: Not to prove a prior point, but that does seem like the kind of dream logic that may be introduced by Shona, the dreamer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, the
1: thing is, Leon, is you listen to yourself plugging this point for an hour and a half and you're like, you know what? That guy sounds like he knows a lot of things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he could probably speak Chinese if he put his mind to it. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) 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 Touche.
2: That's French, another language I speak perfectly. (laughs) Okay, another question. At the end, when Doc shows up, this is, I I mean, quote-unquote, in the real world. Mm. Doc shows up at Clara's bedside, and he Sonics the facehugger, gets the facehugger off. We have that, actually, that that wonderful line of, am I young? I have no idea. It's great. Mm. But if the Doc could just use his Sonic the whole time, why didn't he just use his Sonic?
0: Just because dream logic, I think. Like you don't, you don't always do what's like. He he makes a point to say like, now that I am actually awake, I can think clearly, and he has a he has a plan or something. But yeah, when you're, ah. in, when you're in a dream, you don't you don't always think. You know, I want to go here. Maybe I'll take a train. You think no, I'll jump on that floating cloud and I'll just like you know ride a unicorn there. I don't know. It's always
2: clouds and unicorns, isn't well. it? <laughs> Classic <laughs> so dream public transport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I actually don't remember a lot of my dreams, so I'm not. I don't have anything to go on.
2: <laughs> no. No. For everyone keeping count, uh, I'm now two martinis and two screwdrivers in. I've now poured screwdriver number three. All <laughs> oh, right,
1: you're about to enter the fifth level.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did anyone notice the Christmassy, the thematically Christmassy intro sequence? The opening credits. Oh, with
1: snowflakes and things. Mm.
2: Yes, snowflakes and I think baubles instead of planets.
1: Flurries of uh, snow there's... in the time vortex.
2: Exactly, yeah. I like it. It's classic. It's classic Christmas stuff. Let's mm, Okay, how do you feel about the, in my view, quite emotional scene of the two of them confessing their their mutual lies to each other? No, I never found Gallifrey. No, Danny Pink is dead.
1: Well, it's following so quickly on the heels of all the prior annoyance with their lies. Okay, it's great that they are finally confessing and being straight with one another, but... <laughs> Clara slaps the doctor and says, you know, I have a right to be annoyed with you because I didn't tell you this very important thing. Mm. And it's like, really? <laughs> and I get I get the doctor, what he's saying is an incredibly bad taste, but he's, he's trying to get a shocking reaction out of her to jolt her away from thinking about this other thing. Yeah. So,
0: and know. it doesn't feel like he would have said it if had he known that Danny was dead, he wouldn't have gone there. It was just a like, oh, your boyfriend back home, he might be doing this this. Yeah, absolutely not. But it, you can also see how it would be so incredibly hurtful to her to hear that.
2: Yeah, I I don't think I was thinking so much about his line about Danny banging someone else or whatever it is he says. I can't remember what he says. Oh, he's oh, going down on your neighbor. I can't, I can't remember what he says. <laughs> but it, it, I I I wasn't thinking he's so much out about with some dad. blonde crack whore right now. <laughs> 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 Uh, re- maybe her, you know, what? I I understand her reaction in that sense. I understand it, 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 it but it is- it's a tragic loss. And regardless, I think I think not so much that. I'm sorry, Drew. I'm talking over you, but like I, not so much that scene, but the lines that follow that when post slap it across the face she confesses actually there were good intentions that lie and he also confesses actually i had good intentions for my lie in fact they were to substantiate you being able to fulfill the thing that you lied about mm. i think that's a wonderful scene I, I, I wonderful is maybe the wrong word it's a really heartfelt scene
0: it's really interesting because you can't like if one of them had lied then you could be annoyed you could say well you've betrayed my confidence you, you know you might have had a good reason for it but it's still not an excuse to lie but the fact that they've both lied is kind of a- yeah they're both they just lie. as
2: good and just as bad exactly. in and, a way. and they
0: both had good reasons for it so i don't th- i think the doctor lied first because he assumed that danny was alive and clara didn't quite have time to tell him before he then went off and talked about gallifrey so there's no real like it's not like one person lied first like he lied because he thought that she would want to go off and danny and she lied because he'd already told her about gallifrey and 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 she didn't want him to stop that on her account so well you know it was a really complex yeah. situation i think
1: i think it falls apart the way you just described it the doctor oh. says i have just found gallifrey and clara's gonna be like oh great i've heard all these things about gallifrey and you must be really happy you found it can i see it uh you know what they're actually really racist and xenophobic you wouldn't
0: like it there <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a big assumption on his part that she's going to st- stop travelling with him. But that's it, her entire relationship with Danny has been her lying to Danny and him wanting her to stop travelling. So if you go all the way to hell to bring him back, maybe that's the point where you actually do what you've been saying you'll do the whole time and you'd stop travelling. And so the doctor's trying to give her an easy out, I think.
2: Could there not be a, a case made for the two of them being such good friends at this point and knowing each other so well that they both? know the exact outcome of their lies. that he knows very well that if he says, even if he says, yes, I found my home, her reaction is not going to be, take me there, show me. It's going to be, great, now go and be there. Maybe her assumption will even be, he's going to stop travelling the universe and, you know, space and time. He's going to go home.
1: I mean, Stephen Moffat is grinning from ear to ear and needs a new pair of pants now that you've just said that. I've created these two characters who know each other so perfectly, and You can perceive this so profoundly that, yes, you'll forgive me anything. Thank you. Finally, someone gets me.
0: Oh.
2: I'm, I'm not with you on uh,
1: that. Hmm.
2: Okay, all right. But it doesn't have to be that we get them. It just has to be that they get each other.
0: Hmm. I like that, Leon. I'm I'm going with that. That's a good thing. Um, hey, Here's my friend who agrees I'm with me. I'm going to say, how
1: can they get each other when they've been <laughs> lying to each other constantly for the whole year? But
2: whatever. Okay. that's Wait, 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 wait. When have they been lying to each other the whole year? Kara's
0: been lying about Danny the whole time. Oh, yeah, and the doctor's but, you been
1: catching
2: her most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but that that presupposes that danny pink is consequential and he's not
1: <laughs> plus plus didn't the doctor lie to clara when he said yeah you know what i i'm gonna let you uh make this decision about the moon um because because uh, oh yeah because the whole future depends on it and he knew the future anyway and he was just trying to take off the stabilizers we talked about that
0: mm, true yeah so actually yeah, ton totally of
1: true. ton of uh mendacity leon <sighs> Where's your Christmas spirit, Drew? (laughs) It's July.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's Christmas somewhere, Drew. That's not how it works. (laughs)
2: in a mall in the States
1: exactly. somewhere yes, in Christmas <laughs> yeah actually no you're right you're right that's exactly how it works
0: I just really 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 liked that scene because it just it means that we get to see them again at the end of the last episode I remember the first time watching it I thought that was it I thought that was the end of Clara and I thought that was the most heartbreaking like goodbye that a companion can have is that they've both gone off to their like quite miserable lives thinking they're doing the right thing when actually they're they would be so much better together to comfort each other. And I was devastated that that would be how they would write her off. And so this episode, they get to re- rewrite the wrong and be honest with each other and be together again. And so it just made me very happy.
1: Okay, but hmm. you guys, in previous episodes, certainly have hated multiple endings. Like one, two, three, four endings.
0: Wait, 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 too wait, many wait.
2: endings, right? Yeah,
0: in the Aww. same episode, I feel like... Yeah, but, but
2: also in this one... I'm happy with multiple endings if they're good. Yeah unfortunately the last time that we had multiple endings they were m- mostly or, or most of them if not all of them were utter shite
1: yeah but but the thing about moffat right is is he sets up an ending and actually it's not an ending having his cake eating it too so then someone gets to come back again and again in this episode towards the end of it clara calls the doctor impossible mm-hmm. which is what the doctor called clara you know from the beginning she was the impossible girl to begin with there's a really nice yeah mirroring of her introduction but inverted that would have really like poetry it rhymes yeah that would have really suited her exit when um they are pulling a cracker instead of clara having to pull aged smith's cracker last christmas capaldi has to pull aged clara's cracker this christmas Mm. and it's all this lovely mirroring that were this her final episode would be a really clever way to give her a send-off but it isn't because she comes back for another year.
0: Oh. Wait, do you think they, they wrote all those things in because they thought it was going to be her last episode?
2: Maybe. Very possibly. I hadn't thought about the cracker, by the way. That's a oh, that's a really beautiful parallel.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. Ah, oh, damn, that would have been a good ending. She gets a good send-off, doesn't she? She does. Well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, you she think does. she's
1: died, but guess what?
2: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Forgot about that. Is that the flying diner thing? Yes. Is that the diner TARDIS? Mm. Oh that that
0: TARDIS can suck it. That's just <laughs> the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe this would have been a better send off. But no, but I don't <laughs> care because I just like her and I want her to be in more things. So I don't care. Yeah, yeah. the I
1: next think, series, the series nine, nine, is marvelous.
0: Yeah. Right? It, it is. is, right? It's great. Yeah, they should, have, so, they should When they realised that she was staying, they should have scrapped all these little nods to previous things and saved them and written them into her actual last episode.
1: Ideally, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It would have been hard to recreate, but well, you know, you. I've got a whole year to think about it, Stephen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I did. I was. It was ve- I found it very emotional as well when he um went to her, and it was sixty-two years on. So she's like in her eighties, and she she's lived this whole life, and she's led this really adventurous life. And I found that really, really very sweet. And that would, I think, that would have been a really beautiful send-off. But it would have been mm-hmm. too.
2: Well, well, given that when she exits the show, mm-hmm. that's that's when she's in Diagon Alley and she she dies. Yeah. Right. Well. I mean she dies and then as you said she, she goes off in a Dino TARDIS bullshit but given that this is her only chance at a full life on earth that's quite sweet I think yeah this is her having that that thing that she misses out on a season from now
0: yeah yeah that's true
2: yeah
1: so yeah I'd have been happy with for this to be the ending uh, don't get me wrong
0: yeah and it's really nice and- because she does what she loves which is teaching but she, that spark of adventure and like I want to see the world like she says i've taught in every country in europe which seems extravagant to be fair there's a lot of- <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <In Europe. laughs> like she can't have been in each of them for very long but you know
1: <laughs> no, she just she just dreams that she did she dreams that one day she could speak moldovan and yeah. teach a class <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: exactly <laughs>
1: By the way, I've got to say, in relation to this scene, I've got to drop Abby's review of this episode.
2: Oh. Oh, let's hear it. Ugh,
1: those prosthetics are terrible. Oh, no. Wait, what? Which prosthetics? Clara's old woman prosthetics. No. I thought that was quite
2: good. I I thought it was good as well. Yeah. I mean, guilt. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it definitely looked fake, but it, yeah. it, it always does look fake. Yeah. I think it was on par with Matt Smith's. I was gonna uh, say now that you've linked the two, person. it
0: it does. She looks like the how they aged him. They look very similar. She
2: looks old the way that you might look old in a dream. Ooh,
0: nice. <laughs>
1: I see. That that gives them license to get away with anything. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with it. She's not a lot of professional makeup artist. Of course, that's what she'd think she would look like. <laughs> Clara's dream it just happens of- to be really low budget. I mean, that's, that's all. <laughs>
2: Total, total non sequitur. How did you feel about the yippee i moment? Not yippee ki yippee moment.
1: yippee i <laughs> Yeah,
2: it, it's a very cheesy delivery by Capaldi in the sleigh as he's navigating, he's maneuvering, piloting the sleigh. It is a lovely scene. It is very cheesily delivered, though. But is that meant to be a slightly mispronounced version or reference to one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made, namely Die Hard?
1: Well, I mean, that would save it. For me, because no, really. my note, my oh sorry, Marie, go ahead.
0: No, yeah, well, that's that. I took it to be a die-hard reference. Then why yipieiaie not yipikaye? he couldn't get the rights. Well, no, he could oh, say right,
2: is trademarked. <laughs> yeah, every time anyone says yipikaye, Bruce Willis gains a <laughs> swimming pool. <Yeah. laughs> his 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 garden <laughs> is just just gains another swimming pool. <laughs>
1: I, I think, though, if he were to say Yippee-Ki-Yay, then millions of fathers would be teaching their sons and daughters about motherfucker. It, it, they'd be saying, why is he saying that, Dad? Well, let me tell you about a little film called Die Hard. And...
2: I don't feel like the natural progression from that parental reference is to t- teach your kid about the term motherfucker. <laughs> I, I feel like the the natural thing there would be it, just to say, yeah, there's a, there's a real really cool film which features the line yippee Kaye. yeah and And that's all end of line that's right timmy when you're old enough we'll watch the movie together so it's. i want to watch it now why can't i watch it now because it's an action movie timmy was that your name timmy timmy if that's your if that's really your name it's an action movie you're not old enough to watch it
1: forget my name quicker than the doctor dad (laughs) what should i say motherfucker
2: wait i don't have kids am i in a dream? Someone <laughs> pinch me! <laughs> YPIA feels like they're trying to get away with a, a ripoff of a diehard line <laughs> it's like the asylum produced a copy of you know a ripoff of diehard well which i bet you they did i
1: would i would much rather have had the doctor say gruffly yippee ki at any moment in the poll base like when they say oh are we still dreaming or, or we or we got this far and he goes like yippee yippee-ki-yay there's there's still ages to go mm. like why drop it now it's it, it is so cheesy.
2: The way that he drops it as well, like, while he's piloting the sleigh, makes it more of a Wild West thing. In Die Hard, they talk about how, it, I'm assuming it's a John Wayne reference, in Die Hard, they talk, why do I not know this? I've watched Die Hard seven million times. In Die Hard, they talk about how, let's just say, John Wayne uses the term yippee-ki-yay. Bing bong, that should be Roy Rogers, not John Wayne. Bing bong. And that's why John McLean keeps dropping Kaye motherfucker." And then later on, when Capaldi is piloting the sleigh, that's like he's you know on the prairies, and the, they're just on the ground. He's in a in a cart. There are there, there's a horse in front of him. It makes it more of a, a, a Wild West theme which doesn't really tally with this.
0: I think Capaldi just kept fucking up the line and he couldn't get it right. <laughs> and eventually they were just like, for fuck's sakes, we've got to cut this. It's going to be Christmas soon. And then... <laughs> We've been here for the whole of November, Peter. <laughs> 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 like Benedict Cumberbatch can't say penguins, did you know?
1: Penglings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And eventually, they just are, it's like ping-ling? he's never going to get it right. Yeah, it pink like pinglings or something. He says.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what he says in yeah. a nature documentary that he is narrating.
0: <laughs> that, it's that's
2: upsetting to me. That is very upsetting to me.
1: <laughs> he can say his entire own name and not a two-syllable word.
2: <laughs> oh, he can say a two-syllable word, namely pinglin
0: Penguin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like to think that was what happened. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End of discussion.
1: <laughs> I mean, my my note for this scene was that clearly neither Capaldi nor Moffat have ever been truly purely uncynically excited. So of course it was going to be this cheesy. They must have sat together on set for ages trying to imagine what that feels like and it was like, I don't know, can we can we do a die hard reference? Oh sure. How about, then, um, Clara's blackboard scene where she's scrubbing off dreaming and it's being replaced by dying. Ooh. And then suddenly she's surrounded by blackboards. Ooh.
2: That is a very nice scene. It's also a really nice effect, isn't it? Yeah. That's exactly
1: what I was going to say. It is a great effect. It's entirely seamless. And I found myself thinking, how did I ever forget this visual? This is so striking and so nightmarish. The the way they warp, you know, with the the camera, they pan back and everything's twisting and, and drawing upwards, looking down on her and then oh she's surrounded oh my goodness
0: it reminded me a little bit of the um, I can't remember what episode it is when the, the silence are everywhere and you you catch yourself and suddenly you've got writing all over your arms and you don't know where it's come from and um, oh yeah yeah
2: it's a, it's a similar level of nightmarishness yeah. definitely like it's just,
0: suddenly she's just surrounded and it just says dying everywhere it's really intense and then um, the dream crabs are a bit are weirdly like the silence or not like the silence like the opposite of the silence it's like they're only active when you can see them them, but you have to stop yourself thinking about... Them. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Instead of
1: it being an image in your eye, it's an image in your mind.
0: Exactly, yeah. That's what I wrote. It's, like, it's a weird mix of like the angels and the silence. So... There's this idea of you, you have to... The silence, you're constantly trying to remember them because you want to think about them so you can know what you're fighting. And then the crabs, you have to try really hard not to think of them. But yeah, as soon as you picture them, they wake up, which is exactly like the angels, like the an image of an angel becomes an angel. And you're trying to look at the look at the angels and you're trying not to look at the crabs. I don't know. There's just a lot of... It's like a few ideas just sort of in this melting pot. And I don't
1: know. Yeah. I mean, I've already mentioned the wire um, yeah. being a sort of... Yeah. Precursor to Professor Pervy getting sucked into the telly. I found that the face huggers, at least in the infirmary, wrapped around the invalids' heads, was so much like the empty people in the empty child.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yes. Uh,
2: so all
1: the way back to Moffat's first episode, he is cribbing from all his past glories for this one.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Even the visual is similar. Like I I I I don't remember 100% you watched it way more recently Drew, but I feel like even the visual as in just the camera work. I mean, like the 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 actual logistical camera work is super similar.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got the beds on both sides, and instead of a face hugger, you've got a, a gas mask sewn onto the skin. But that is
2: also true. Yes, still
1: quite a similar effect. Yeah. Can I? Okay. Can I say my oh, favorite yeah. line from the whole episode? Oh please. Oh, and what would you say? It's all a bit dreamy, weepy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i like i like the line that leads into that as well it's like no santa does not get to do the scientific explanation <laughs>
1: yeah that's my thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> we are two completely different characters <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love Nick Frost in this, by the way. Yeah, he's
0: really. Yeah, good. let's
1: talk about Nick Frost. Nick
2: Flippin Frost is in this. I believe we said this in the in the first take on this episode as well. But we've had Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, and I can't remember her name in Family of Blood.
1: Jessica Hines.
2: Hi. Jessica Hines. Yes, thank you. Nice we theme. have. We've had pretty much the full cast of Space at this point, and Tires in Into the Dalek. Mm. Yeah, Nick Frost is fantastic. He really, really is. Oh, I'm so mindful not to... Try, I'm really trying not to repeat myself from review number one. <laughs> Just don't
0: make any dick jokes, you'll be fine. <laughs> i, I
2: I've got nothing, i got nothing. No. <laughs> no, Nick Frost is fantastic. It's as though he's not taking the role entirely seriously.
0: Yeah
2: he's not Santa Claus is what I'm saying. He is Nick Frost playing Santa Claus. I liked,
0: um, so right in the beginning, he is very Santa-like, even when he's trying to convince Clara that he's not Santa. Like, I'm just a simple man trying to do some roof repairs. Um, and as soon as he, like, cottons on that she doesn't buy it, then he's like, oh, fine, fuck it, I am Santa. And then he drops the Santa act and then he becomes Nick Frost again. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the weird irony yeah. because at the end, especially when he leaves he leans
2: back and he goes, ho, ho, ho. I was like, wow, that is the most fake ho, ho, ho I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. You're clearly an imposter. You are Nick Frost, sir. Yeah,
1: and that's him trying to sound like a normal human being. Exactly. This is what normal men talk like. <laughs> exactly like
2: this. <laughs> He is perfect for the role, though. He is, but it's a weird old role. Fine. Okay, you know, wait, hang on, wait. Recast it. Recast the the role of Santa in this episode. No, no, no.
1: I want to rewrite the role. I don't want to recast Nick Frost. We've got fucking Nick Frost. Am I going to pass up Nick (laughs) Frost? Am I some sort of (laughs) (laughs) idiot?
2: Okay, so how would you rewrite it?
1: Well, (laughs) I mean, that's a tricky conundrum. But I just found that... He had to sort of do the tough guy act in in response to the Doctor's mm. strange hostility at the beginning, and he did it fine. I, I just felt like he was pulled in too many different directions. When he's on, in the base, at some points... He is going along with um the crew members, being like, Of course I'm Father Christmas. I mean, why would you doubt me? And then a few minutes later he's being like, Of course this was all a dream all along, you idiots. And he's at one at one point he is lulling them and actively deceiving them, and then the next point he's asking how they could ever have been tricked.
0: I know you don't want to hear this, Drew, but it is it is dream logic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: ah, there we go. But
0: it, uh, it's because he's he's not a real character character. character like he's he's a reflection of their idea of what santa claus should be so they think santa is going to come in and save the day he comes in to save the day as soon as they realize in a dream then santa's like well yeah of course you're in a dream what else would it be like he's just a mirror to whatever they're projecting
1: yeah and and moffat must have thought of this and taken him through it because this is exactly what he's doing you don't you don't have that character eventuate by accident. Yeah. So I'm not in any way saying Nick Frost wasn't up to the task. It's just that he is Father Christmas and he's not Father Christmas and he's three or four different types of mirroring.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Because because there's five or six of them in a dream, so... Yeah, no, he's doing yeah. his job. I'm yeah. just saying
1: it's a really weird... It's not something I can fully love is what I'm saying because it is in. I can admire it mm. but because there's no unity there apart from Nick Frost being nick frost and oh, i love nick frost but he's also dressed up as this iconic character he can't be both he isn't both
2: no i think he must be he has to be both and and i think that's i, I mean i don't see many characters influence on this version of santa claus i do see Shona and i see paldy because Shona Shona has brought santa into this dream in the first place because she wanted to watch miracle on what is it Judge 42nd street Thirty fourth Street, however many streets there are. What is a reasonable amount of streets? I ask you. <laughs> uh, so it's so, so she's brought him into from, the dream in the first place. I saw a
0: house in America that was like forty eight thousand something the other day on a TV show. What? Like, that can't Let's... be. That can't be. What? That like, no. <laughs> It's about-
2: you walk a couple of blocks and like, hey, Marv, the numbers are diminishing. We're going in the wrong direction. 48,000 is in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I was going to say, so Shona clearly brings Santa into the stream in the first place. Mm. But Santa, as portrayed by Nick Frost, is far too verbose, far too witty, and far too sophisticated to have been conjured up by her. He is clearly created by Capaldi because he knows stuff about aliens at the risk of repeating stuff said in the previous Review. He has that uh, specimen jar. He he also is just. He says, witty.
0: He says the bigger on, on the inside line as well.
2: He says the big Yes, absolutely. That's not something that Shona will yeah, have introduced. But on top of that, he's just wittier than Shona is. He's clearly. He's like he's cleverer. You know. Well, well that's Shona Moffat's is.
1: whole thing, isn't it? He's essentially written a Mary Santa character. <laughs>
2: I love it, but as such, this incongruous portrayal of Santa Claus or Father Christmas, whichever you prefer, is sensical because it is a conglomerate of many different portrayal, uh, many different iterations of Santa Claus, many different portrayals or imaginations of the character stuffed into one.
1: Yeah, he's a polymorph. Mm.
2: Yes, exactly. As opposed to the xenomorphs that are being ripped off in this episode as well. <laughs> Remind me, a proposal of xenomorphs. Where is the alien reference in this? Is that also a show nothing?
1: No, that is a Professor Perv. And then the doctor reacts to that by saying
2: look Oh, out. I've got that line written down actually. Yeah. Uh, there's a horror movie called something. Alien. That's really
1: offensive.
2: No wonder everyone's
1: invading you.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's a good line that's, as
1: well. Oh, there are loads of good lines. There's there's the sleigh that's bigger on the inside. There's oh, have I did I forget to turn on the northern lights? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: The problem with telling fantasy and reality apart is they're both ridiculous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 that's brilliant
1: <laughs> no I, I don't want to be the downer on this episode it is a really good really fun episode I just find it easier to admire than to love <laughs> fair enough okay so I, I had a thing that I was going to pick up on from the first review
2: oh yeah Oh, excellent. which yes. is
1: that Leon and Flap were talking about Swamp Thing and I have a oh, Swamp yes. Thing anecdote of all things <laughs> now the weird thing about this is I may have partly made it up or dreamt it I'm not sure Podcast Land, let me know if I'm completely wrong. But this is how I remember things going down about the Swamp Thing cartoon, which Leon deemed infinitely more child-friendly from the early 90s. I loved that as a kid. I have a memory of this Swamp Thing cartoon being first broadcast on a Saturday morning kids' magazine show on the BBC in the early 90s. It might have been going live. Philip Schofield and Sarah Green were the presenters, and they built it up in the studio. Here comes a brand new cartoon. We're sure you're going to love it. Everybody give a big cheer For Swamp Thing! And it played, and I don't remember anything except Crunchy Wild Thing Swamp Thing rip-off theme. Cuts to the end of the show, (laughs) and the presenters are sat there, shouting Because it was so violent. Surrounded by an utterly silent studio of recently traumatized children. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't seem to have been screened for them beforehand. Everybody is just sort of dumbfounded. They're sat there, they're contrite, they're almost ashamed. It looks like it's completely bombed, way too grown up for the target audience. And they basically say, they're sorry, we're sorry, what on earth was that? And as I remember it, they didn't show any more episodes, not even the next week. They were just like, we're done. We're done with (laughs) Swans
2: Swamp <laughs> so Thing was definitely not a kiddie winks show, but it was a it, maybe young teenager show because it was violence. I mean, there was action in it. Yeah, but like, kids weren't people, ready for Marvel. I'm pretty sure people died in it. Yeah.
1: Br- British kids were not ready for Marvel in the early 90s. They they needed to grow up a bit first.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it doesn't hold up, <laughs> and I am absolutely determined not to watch the new Swamp Thing TV show, <laughs> but the live-action show, which has, I think, just come out, or is about to come out. But I watched and adored Swamp Thing in the same era that I also watched and adored Hammerman, the superhero, about slash with <laughs> MC Hammer.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Was he always pulling any manner of implements out of his enormous baggy pants?
2: No, but he would do the hammer dance, and uh, as he would do the dance, musical notes would emanate from his giant trousers, his (laughs) (laughs) pantaloons, and those musical notes would then, like, tie up bank robbers and various criminals.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing. But a little one note, if you'll forgive the pun.
2: Hey, nice. <laughs>
1: I mean, how could anything different ever happen? I mean, that's the, that's the Oh
2: gimmick. N- Nothing different ever no. happened. But it's totally worth it. Did you ever
1: watch the Hulk Hogan cartoon? Did you want to be a Hulkamaniac?
2: No, I have no experience of Hulk Hogan except through just the public consciousness. Marie, did you grow up with Hulk Hogan?
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't think so.
2: Did you watch Three Ninjas?
0: No. Did you at least
1: watch Rocky Three, where he was thundered?
0: Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs>
2: of course. Did you watch No Holds Barred? That's that's <laughs> Hulk Hogan as well, right? I think I, I think. only
0: know him from Rocky, to be fair.
2: I think that's pretty much where I know him from as well. <laughs> Wait, how did Hulk Hogan show up in this? (laughs) Drew, explain yourself. He just incepted himself.
1: (laughs) It's dream logic. Anyone can walk in the door.
2: All right, well... (laughs) When
1: when Father Christmas walks in the door with the slinkies and the tangerine rolls in ahead of him and the robots, I mean, that was pretty fun, wasn't it? Okay, one other one question I have is can you guys think of any other TV shows that have done things like this where you're in a dream state or there's a fantasy sequence and it all the usual rules are thrown up in the air? Do you do you remember from any other shows episodes where that happened and you really enjoyed it?
2: Oh, good question.
1: Cuz to pursue the Moffaty connection, I think my favorite episode of Sherlock is The Abominable Bride. Oh,
2: no. Really? Yeah, I love it. What? No. No. Do tell. What? Explain yourself. No, Drew. Drew, you're wrong.
1: <laughs> well, tell the, me why. Abon-
2: unless you're referring to the just the dream aspect of it. I completely disagree with you. I I like the fact that, oh, cool, this only takes place in Sherlock's mind as they lift off and land again. Great. Uh, Good fun. It's a little adventure in his mind palace. It's wonderful. But the adventure that he has is so bonkers and doesn't really seem to require much of a deductive, deductively reasoning mind that I am not impressed by that episode.
1: I mean, I'll grant you the deduction isn't as complex and, let's say, grounded in reality as the other ones but i liked all the the flourishes and the touches the victoriana stuff coming out and the, and just the fun they oh, had with same it here
2: same here and yes see, definitely and
1: what you see in that episode is, is what you get in these other ones where, where all the rules are thrown in the air where, where um speedies become speedwells and you get to see everything just skewed slightly all, all the little points it's it's a nerd's dream these episodes where you can go through it and <laughs> um, be like ah so they changed that and that's why that's like that and, and that's why that character doesn't react in that way that's why Clara doesn't give the doctor any back chat when he says get in the TARDIS and she just does it and <laughs> she She's like, oh, she's quiet. Should I be suspicious? Mm-hmm. I, I, It brought to mind, there are episodes of House as well, where House, I mean, House and Capaldi are quite similar anyway. Okay, House has yeah. a whiteboard, Capaldi has a blackboard. The way Capaldi has Ashley theorize about what's going on is so similar to House- directing his minions to come up with potential diagnoses
2: they're both curmudgeon men
1: yeah and, and house is based on Sherlock Holmes anyway so you know oh, right. okay, a yeah. type a clever type
2: that sure. comes
1: out in, in all his characters
2: it's dream Moffat let's face it
1: yeah and there are episodes of house where he'd end up well there was one where he got shot and he was basically hallucinating in bed and they had a couple of wake-up fake-outs like they do here where he's, where he's like oh so that part I was was dreaming but he he hasn't woken up yet fully so the, the the temptation to play with layers is is just is just a natural side effect of these things and uh, there was another one where he he was just off his face on drugs he hadn't been shot and he was he, he hallucinated the whole thing in his bath i think the hallucination was that he was or what gave it away was that he was nice <laughs> 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 but the, but the, sorry, forgive me, there are also episodes of Scrubs which predate House wh- where they do the same things um that they do in House. There's this lineage of fake out dream episodes. They're talking outside the hospital in both Scrubs and House with the patient wh- where they shouldn't be. They're like, what, what are you doing out there? And then you realise that, Oh, hang on. They've put a slight filter on the screen so that when you watch it back, you can be like, Ah, so this was the fake bit, but you don't notice it the first time around. It's. I, I, love all these episodes wherever they show up basically that's why i'm a sucker for the abominable bride even though it's deficient in any number of other <laughs> ways <laughs> fair enough and the major innovation is is to put someone as grumpy as house in this scenario where where in house it's life or death and house you know pushed some boundaries in the 2000s in the late 2000s where it was how how nasty can we make this lead character and still have people watch the show Stephen moffat is doing this with doctor who on christmas day i mean
2: it's quite a thing yeah definitely great in fact Oh, wait, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Definitely have a question I want to ask you guys mm-hmm. before before we jump into ratings. Sorry, sorry, sorry. How do you feel that this compares to other Christmas episodes? To maybe remind you of what we've had recently, we had The Time of the Doctor, obviously. Matt Smith's farewell. Uh, we had The Snowman. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Christmas Carol. No? Anything?
1: Nothing? I mean, I was going to address it in my rating.
2: Oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: But Marie, go ahead. Um...
0: I guess like the last one we had was such a big like it, I don't I don't remember it feeling very Christmassy. Matt Smith's send off, so it's nice that this one's even though it's quite a dark episode, it's still fairly light hearted with the Santa and the elves, and it does and it does feel a lot more Christmassy than a lot of them we've had recently. I think. Mm, okay. What do you think, Leon?
2: I don't mind the darkness of it. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's. Yeah, I, like it. I think it's perfectly fine. In in fact, thinking about some of the recent ones, they have all had a little tinge of dark. Matt Smith leaving the show in general, that's really sad. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe was a massively dark episode. The dad is possibly going to crash his plane. They're stuck in a forest. The planet's about to go boom. and Yeah, it's terrible. Christmas Carol with the woman who's stuck, like cryogenically frozen. I think these Christmas episodes, maybe this is a, a recent thing, but as in recent in the period that we've recently reviewed, I mean. These Christmas episodes, they have tended to be kind of dark or uh, at, at the very least gothic. And it works. Yeah. And on top of that, this is just cleverer than other ones. Y- you know what? I'm going to I'm going to drew this one. I feel like I'm going to mention this in my rating. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing bong bing bong. Hey, la, 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 la. la. Ratings.
1: Please don't think that I dislike this episode. It's just that when everyone else starts going, oh, Dream Logic takes care of everything, it feels like I'm backed into a corner and I have to be like, no, no, we are not giving this 5.0s across the board. <laughs> But that's just me getting defensive. I, on the whole, I really liked it. It was a shockingly intense episode for Christmas Day. The ones we've had before have often been set in confined environments in trouble or under siege. Think of Voyage of the Damned, the Titanic is crashing. The Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe with that creepy forest. The Time of the Doctor, where everyone is besieging the planet the Doctor's on. But none of those burned in behind your face like this one does and salted all the roots of your mind and just left you adrift in a reality-turned-war zone. It's it's crazy. (laughs) And it is very good, but it's never going to be my favourite. There are are weirdly a lot of references to Easter in this for a Christmas episode. (laughs) Doc spits, Happy Easter at Father Christmas on Clara's imperial-sized roof. And then the elf says, Oh, that was a good exit line. I just found myself puzzled. It comes up again when Danny's dressed up. He jokes he's Father Easter instead of Father father christmas later father christmas says oh for easter's sake and then he's challenged to text the easter bunny for help it seems to be a moffat thing and i'm not sure i like it little amelia pond prays to santa easter at the beginning of the big bang so i don't know what you're up to there moffat but you're on notice Shona is our ghost of Christmas future. She's not a crack whore. She's a couch potato. She's watching three films plus a Game of Thrones marathon in one day. She's got a subscription to every streaming service. She hasn't even noticed there's been a lockdown and a global pandemic. She is the death of all our ambition beyond consuming content. So no, I'm not sure I'm ready to have her as a companion. She has a knock at the door and there are five Amazon Prime packages queued up outside since when she started dreaming and they're all Rick and Morty merch. But like Like I say, Capaldi is an imperious wrangler of extras in this episode. Nick Frost does a very good job as Father Christmas without my ever truly feeling like he was liberated to bring true magic to the role. Every time the Christmas holly jolly fatso threatened to get traditional twee and twinkly, the Doctor Who environment would come crashing down on him and he'd have another job to pull off, which he did with aplomb, but needing to be so many multiple different things, both the saviour and ambiguous, a potential Villain from the beginning. It's Moffat having his cake and eating it too. It does not make top Doctor Who. <laughs> So, sure, this is super ambitious. It achieves most of it. There are loads of good lines. I don't know if it's Clara's finest hour, Samuel Anderson as Danny does well, but I wish the whole series had been different. Anyway, here we are. I'm going to give it a 3.7. It's my Christmas rating. (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) I could feel you, how little you wanted to say seven, and then couldn't stop yourself in the end. (laughs)
1: You're 100% correct, (laughs) (laughs) Marie. I wanted to say 3.6, but because I've given previous Christmas episodes 4.1, 4.3, no, this is one of the better
0: ones. Yeah, interesting.
2: All right oh all right holy moly (laughs) Marie would you like to go next or would you like to go last
0: I will I will just pick up on what Drew just said actually um because I think had we reviewed this just after Christmas and I was all in the festive spirit and I was of that Christmas mindset I think I would have been given it a four point something as well because I really thoroughly enjoyed this the first time I watched it and I cried at the end and now and I just wrote down all the tears and now i can't remember which bit made me cry because it didn't make me cry the (laughs) second time around at all (laughs) but i just think that it it was incredibly dark which i liked but jovial at the same time lovely bit of interplay with santa and the elves and I think that's sometimes is missing from a Christmas episode sometimes especially recently they have just gone kind of really dark and twisty and um, it's nice to have a little bit of a light-hearted feel as well and I could just imagine like little children watching this at Christmas and I don't know maybe maybe they're not so engaged maybe they haven't watched Doctor Who before but suddenly Santa's on there and he's telling you that mum and dad have been lying to you and they don't put the presents under the tree and I just thought that was a really sweet moment and I think you're right in saying it's not Clara's finest hour drew i think the last few episodes we've completely praised her and said the actress has done a phenomenal job and like you know that she's my favorite companion but i don't think she was i don't know maybe i don't know maybe not used as well as she could have been in the north pole sequence i think a lot of the like interrogation stuff kind of went over to shona but then when we went into clara's dream world it was just so incredibly sad and that really moved me that how much even though she knew it was a dream she'd rather be in that dream for the next five minutes with Danny than wake up and face reality I just thought that was such a dark thing to show on Christmas Day and then they repeated it again in the sled with Santa that she was just you know just five more minutes just let me just stay here and just wanted to escape her life and it you know that really got to me that really did move me so yeah there were definitely oh I don't know it did it did move me it's a very moving episode now I want to now I'm going to I'm going to go higher again. Here
2: we go. Here we go. I just want to say for the record, I've taken a screenshot of my rating so that when you get up to like 4.9. Marie, you
1: really had me
2: going there for a second. <laughs>
0: it's not gonna be that high (laughs) but i think oh i don't know now i'm i'm second guessing myself i'm gonna oh i'm gonna (laughs) it's not my favorite christmas episode but it's very fun and i I actually think i like that we never know if they're in or out of the dream i think in my head they're still all in the dream and the rest of them die and it's a very dark episode. And at some point in the future, Doc and Clara wake up properly and it's off screen and we never see it. It's not going to come out in the next series, probably. And I don't mind that. I think the Christmas ones, you do see as a, Is a bit of a one-off because there's now going to be another six months before we get the next episode. So it doesn't always have to follow on exactly. So yeah. So I'm just going to give you a nice round 4.0, I think.
2: 4.0. All right. Mm. Well,
0: I think it's, yeah, (laughs) I I was, I was, I was hovering around the 3.7 mark as well. I was there with you, Drew, but I just, it is a good episode and it is Christmas. And if it was Christmas, it would have probably given it a 4.3 or something, but it's not yeah
1: and what you said actually reminds me of one of my favorite parts of the episode which hasn't come up at all which is that post the blackboard scene
0: yeah
1: clara just blinks it all away yeah and the music from being disturbing changes to her theme and goes all happy which is even more disturbing because we know that that means that she's fucked
0: yeah (laughs) it's a a really really dark sequence with clara yeah but it's really well done at at the same time Mm. yeah anyway yeah i'm Yeah, I'm happy. Okay. Okay. Cool. Great. Um, Well,
2: (laughs) you know what? I don't care that it makes no sense. (laughs) this is clever enough on the surface that I'm willing to suspend disbelief and trick myself into believing that it is also clever in profundity. (laughs) Nick Frost, I'm just going to bullet point this. Screw it. Nick Frost, can't get enough of him. Gangster Santa, love him. The elves, hilarious. Shona, much better this time around. She would have been a tremendously entertaining and hilariously annoying companion, I think. And and I I would have been up for it. Capaldi, This curmudgeon granddad could turn me on a weeknight. Clara, meh, take her or leave her. But you know what? Clara had an arc. She had a clear and more elaborate, more elaborately defined character progression in this episode than anyone else. And I was incredibly touched at the end of this episode. I was really touched. I was as touched by her choice to and her commitment to continue traveling with the doctor and their sort of rediscovered friendship at the end as I was unfazed by her nonsense, boring shit dream about fake Danny Pink. Uh, whatever. Okay. Uh, Danny Pink, fake Danny Pink was clearly fake. His teeth were perfect. I wish I had them. <laughs> <laughs> this, however, is ripe with pop culture references, and it is full of clever innuendos at clever plot points that, without said innuendos, might not even seem clever enough at close scrutiny. In fact, I think we have proven that they are not. But it is well-paced. It is stylistically beautiful. And I very recently rewatched both Inception and The Thing, the John Carpenter version. So I feel qualified in saying that while I gave this a 4.3 the last time that I reviewed this on Who Back When and you guys have talked me down a little bit, but I have stood my ground and I have found other things that I appreciate about this episode and I am giving it precisely what you say that it is not worth, Marie. I am still giving this a (laughs) 4.3. You know, that guy on that podcast,
1: he really knows his shit.
2: (laughs) right oh maybe this answers the question of hey if we were to re-review stuff that we've (laughs) touched upon in the past hmm, wonder if we would change our mind no (laughs) not in this case podcast land not in this case stick to your guns exactly hey find out where i live okay (laughs) you say
1: that you say that but podcast land listen on after this episode is over to b012 to hear how leon thoroughly enjoyed in the forest of the night back in 2014 quote still a good episode though
2: oh no (laughs) it's fine hey everyone gets one
1: Should we give Podcast Land one?
2: Oh, let's do it. I would give Podcast Land one. <laughs> <laughs> listener Minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Aloha, Podcast Land, and welcome to the Listener Mini section of this podcast episode. Uh, we've got a few minis. Good stuff. Good stuff. And I think you will be pleasantly surprised to find that there is some sort of thematic. Uh, uh, congruency between at least two of them uh, first out of the gate we've got Eccleston is best who I think qualifies for one of these
1: you <laughs> really you can make that
2: sneak. I, I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Eccleston is Best. Welcome aboard. Super excited to have you here. Eccleston is Best starts. Last
1: Christmas, I gave you my heart. But the very next year, you threw
2: it away. <laughs>
0: There's to save me from tears.
2: I'll watch something else. we <laughs> <laughs> <right, sleep>
0: done. <laughs> Thank
2: you.
1: <laughs> Last Christmas, you created beauty with Dalek Silence and Angels. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next year You screwed it all up With face huggers And Santa Santa
2: We are not a musical podcast. Apologies, apologies. Eccleston, what did you say
1: after my line? I thought
2: you did fantastic. Thank
1: you, Marie. (laughs) Sight unseen, no rehearsal.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Really sorry, Drew. I'm even sorrier for you, Eccleston the best. go Marie take it away
0: Eccleston is best continues uh this time not in verse form uh this episode is why Chibnall cancelled Christmas I wish this episode was lost along with lover monsters and orphan 55 Australia (laughs) will not find you please die well wow (laughs) okay
2: (laughs) oh wow
0: (laughs) say it like you mean it (laughs)
2: <laughs> and Eggleston as best gives this a rating of what, Drew?
1: 0.3 mutilated elves. Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: and there's a little PS. The concept art for the guns in this episode is really cool.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't even remember guns in this episode.
1: They Have burst the into um... the infirmary with them.
0: Oh, I was, ah. I was thinking the, um, the balloon animal gun. And
2: <laughs> yeah, That was good <laughs> as well. The toy
0: gun with the... <laughs> <laughs> unsuitable for children under 4. <laughs> 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 choking hazard
2: Eccleston is best <laughs> wonder who your favorite doctor is <laughs> A and B thank you very much for sending this in love that it's in the form of a song please don't make it a habit <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> for everyone's sake
0: do do make it a habit
2: <laughs> I'm only saying that because clearly we are not musically talented yeah, but Leon um, how are we going to get any better without practice exactly oh that's true maybe we need another one of those hmm wherever my we find it but before we do <laughs> Eccleston is best thank you so much super thrilled to be travelling down this temporal road with you thank you very much for your mini keep on coming
1: yeah you uh, really got me thinking about what a Christmas episode with Eccleston would look like you thought Capaldi was intense <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: exactly <laughs> yeah Christmas uh, uh, Christmas Eccleston you know sorry the uh, gin and vodka is re- are really hitting me now uh, let's, let's move on before I just tumble off the edge
1: into the abyss <laughs> who's next the next review is from michael richway Rich Ray. Rich Ray. Rich Ray. <laughs>
2: hello michael
1: love you michael.
2: oh my goodness
0: <laughs> so in
1: sync i mean big
0: <laughs> <laughs> michael let's see what you've got to say You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not
1: pout, I'm telling
0: you why.
1: Dream face huggers are coming to town.
2: They're eating our brains whilst we sleep. Holy crap, they're coming out of the TV screen. Albert! (laughs) (laughs) What? I didn't get that at all. I don't get that either.
1: (laughs) Dream face huggers are coming to town.
2: (laughs) Was Albert the name of uh, creepy old guy? Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe. Marie, there's more.
0: Who knows if you are sleeping?
2: Pain right side of head.
0: Who knows when you're away?
1: No pain right side of head.
0: <laughs> maybe your brain has been munched on, so wake up for goodness sake. <laughs>
2: So you better watch out, you better not dream. In your sleep no one can hear you scream. Santa Claus is coming to dream town. Or
1: perhaps he was real, Tangerine suggested, sir. So.
2: <laughs> Marie, you clearly have real talent. <laughs> Drew, you and I need to not start
0: a band.
1: <laughs> oh. I'm going to wait till I hear this back.
2: Uh, <laughs> you're going to have drag me down into the abyss with you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you're being very generous with my singing abilities as well. <laughs> hey,
2: does Michael Ridgway give this a rating?
0: Michael, very generously, gives this a rating of 4.7 <laughs> out of 5 Dream and or Real Tangerines delivered by Dream and or Real Santa.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so generous, I started coughing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent, Mini Michael.
2: Brilliant as always, Michael. Also, big heart.
0: Oh, well, it is <laughs> Christmas.
2: Tis tis. High five, Michael, on Twitter, and tell him hi from us. He can be found at bad underscore movie underscore club next up we've got a mini from the awesome alfie Alfie. hi alfie hello alfie drew i think you're up awesome alfie begins last christmas
1: was okay Hmm. i liked nick frost as santa but it makes me wonder if they only picked him because he had frost in his name
2: (laughs) very very possible the jolly awesome alfie continues the episode ripped off alien but it seems to think that if they say they are ripping it off then they can get away with it
0: (laughs) however awesome alfie is not complaining because santa versus aliens would be better than alien versus predator overall (laughs) he gives the episode a two hooray
2: (laughs) from the
1: jolly awesome alfie who is a boy by the way
2: (laughs) (laughs) thanks for clarifying clarifying alfie (laughs) 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 excellent stuff thank you very much and next up last up we have another one of these (laughs) 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 welcome aboard james ashley hi
0: james hello james Hmm.
2: Marvellous having you aboard. What does James say?
0: James begins, Hey there! I just wanted to say how much I have been enjoying the podcast. And that's my first mini-review. I really hope it arrives in time. And it did! Well done, James. It did!
2: I'm glad you're liking the
1: show.
0: Yeah, awesome. Keep listening.
1: For James, this episode stands out massively amongst the other Christmas specials. Whereas the other Christmas specials are mostly comedic fluff, disconnected from the preceding and following series, this one acts as a prologue slash epilogue to the next-slash-previous series, while also taking on a more serious and scary tone, albeit with the obvious exception of Santa Claus, played wonderfully by Nick Frost and his two elves.
2: (laughs) The concept of this episode was magnificent, in my opinion. Never knowing when you are dreaming, playing with the idea of reality, hope, and testing whether you do believe in Santa Claus. Also, the twists were well done, and whenever you thought they were finished, they just kept going. Although, by the time the Doctor woke up for the fourth time perhaps it had become a bit repetitive furthermore the design of the dream crabs was simply outstanding even if they are as Ashley points out perhaps slightly too similar to the xenomorphs just saying that because Ashley's your namesake (laughs)
0: yeah no (laughs) Ashley Uh, James Ashley however does have two problems number one if they were in a dream what happened to Albert when he supposedly died is he dead or alive why don't we find out and finally shona should have definitely joined the tardis team for series nine and beyond as she would have fitted in well and was really promising in this episode
2: here's my friend who agrees with me
1: (laughs) (laughs) and james ashley's overall score is 4.1
2: that is a solid rating solid stuff james (laughs) good stuff (laughs) thank you very much for your mini uh welcome aboard oh there's so many new friends on our temporal road (laughs) nice good good stuff and that wraps up this episode
1: finally the curse is
2: broken (laughs) (laughs) so we've got to edit it (laughs) yet (laughs) <laughs> yeah, haven't haven't fully downloaded or tested these recordings yet, Drew. <laughs> Oof, little did you know, past us, my sympathies. Bing bong. Thank you, everyone, who sent in a mini for this. Love it. Good, good stuff. Uh, what have we got coming up next? Well, first, we have a classic. <laughs> <laughs> he said in the infinite silence that is being truncated automatically. <laughs> <laughs> Namely... City of Death, which is excellent. After which, we're back in New Hook territory with what, Marie?
0: I believe it is the Magician's Apprentice.
2: Ooh, good. All right. At some point, we'll be doing an audio-who review as well. Drew, is that right?
1: That is right. It's going to be relative
2: dimensions. Hmm. And if we ever do another bonus episode, which we certainly will do, I'm certainly, I am absolutely sure of it, who knows what it will be, watch this space. In the meantime, you can say hello to us on the interwebs. Uh, Marie, do you have some sort of online presence?
0: You can follow me on the Instagram. It's Ooh. At
2: ham, mash, and jelly. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Of your three favorite foods and smush them all together.
2: Oh, ice cream, carbonara, and. (laughs) (laughs) And How much? Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm really. Oh, chopped liver. Chopped liver. Chopped liver. That's it. Chopped
0: liver.
2: Yeah. Actually, in fact, it's like it's it's chopped liver carbonara and some sort of sorbet. Oh yeah. Everyone, follow Maria. Chopped liver carbonara and sorbet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chopped liver. So left field. I didn't expect that at all.
2: (laughs) So freaking the best. Just the best. Um. Drew, you're on the interwebs in some form or another as well, are you not?
1: I am. You can come and live in my Tweety Bush at Drew Back when
2: <laughs> Excellent branding.
1: Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ever thought of emulating it? I have, on numerous occasions, but I'm not there yet. Consequently, I am still to be found at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next time, please be rad and excellent to one another. Stay safe, stay healthy, and yeah, you know what? Yeah, choo-chow. Bye-bye.
0: Toodles!
2: check us out on instagram for behind the scenes
1: photos and other Hoovian goodness watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on youtube that's
2: who slash youtube vote us up on reddit listen to us on stitcher and head on over to our website who where you can submit a review of your own browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens monsters and more which increases in kablamos with every episode
1: and lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points.
2: That's it, rock on and be rad and excellent to each other.
1: Catch your ear balls in our next Who Review
2: or bonus episode. Until then, Chao Ciao. Who back when?